Hey there, this is Ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure. In this podcast, we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it. I hope you enjoy. Hey there, friends of failure, and welcome to this week's episode of the Failure Guy podcast. I've got a extra special episode that's releasing the same day it's recorded. So right now it's 5 a.m. Pacific time on August 2nd, 2023. You potentially could be listening to it later this morning. And I've got a very special guest today. It is Benny Fitzpatrick, a stand-up comedian who just moved out to Los Angeles. Hey there, Benny. How's it going? Hey, Ben. How are you? Um, I'm doing great. I'm having a great time since moving out to Los Angeles. And I am you, in case people can't tell. Uh, Yeah, I think they might be able to tell, but um, I guess what we'll do is have some interview questions with you. I've got some crowdsource from some of our friends. Uh, This is a weird one because I'm interviewing myself. So Benny Fitzpatrick is my stage name. I've been doing stand-up comedy since March 16th or so, 2023. This coming Sunday, I'm doing my first non-open mic, so it's a booked gig at comedy chateau in north hollywood so feel free to use the promo code benny if you want to uh go see that event the comedy chateau in north hollywood so i figured i would interview myself also there's a couple other reasons why i would do that i didn't pay my adobe creative cloud so i can't edit my old episodes and interviewing myself seemed like an easy way to get past the fact that i can't edit it or control much of the audio environment so anyways here I'm going to be interviewing myself, my stand-up comedy alter ego, and I've got some questions submitted by some friends. So first one I'm going to say is the question said uh, here. Fuck me. Okay, here we go. <laughs> like I said, I'm not editing it, so whatever. What made you finally decide to pull the trigger and do it? So I think this podcast actually helped me to figure out what to do in terms of getting myself mentally ready for stand-up because I always give someone – Whoever the guest is on the show, I give them a get-out-of-fail-free card. So this time I figured, well, I, I've i been using this get-out-of-fail-free card. Every time I say it, my example would be I do stand-up comedy. So I thought, well, since this card isn't real and it doesn't actually get you to do something that you're hoping to do, but it does get you to think about it, I might as well start putting my money where my mouth is or putting up or shutting up and definitely not shutting up. So what I decided to do was... Um, Go do some stand-up. And so I've done it now 11 times. Uh, I did it on Sunday, and it was an audition for this Comedy Chateau thing. And who knows? I'm going to be playing or I'm going to be performing on Sunday with some pretty awesome people. I went on this past Sunday, and I was cracking up uh, quite a bit. So we'll see how I fare with some actual comedians, but it'll be fun. Uh, Another friend, friend had... Jocelyn here had asked me, when is the first time you felt funny? That's a tough one because, you know, you feel funny at certain points, but sometimes it comes from other people telling you you're funny. But I think uh, growing up watching Conan O'Brien and whatnot on my old clickety-clack 13-channel TV late at night, I uh, I kind of mimicked a lot of their self-deprecating humor and ways of being, and I think probably just being not really a class clown because I was pretty smart in school, but... Making people laugh at school, I think, was probably the first time that I felt funny. So another question here coming from Mal. Mal says, what's your favorite palindrome? 
So this is actually a joke that me and Mal wrote together, and it's it was cracking me and her up that day. It has not worked out well. I've used it on stage once, and it kind of bombed, but I've got a newer version of it, so I'll tell you that joke right now. Um, I love the English language. Uh, the beauty of a word that's the same backwards and forwards, like radar or taco cat, or my favorite, which is a man, a plan, a woman, a plan, bowling, Yahtzee. Kind of just rolls it off the tongue. And now that cracked me up because the real one's a man, a plan, a canal, Panama. So the <laughs> the dumbness of doing it wrong to me was funny enough. A man, a plan, a woman, a plan, bowling, Yahtzee. Also the fact that it doesn't go backwards and forwards is funny to me. And we'll see how it does. I'm going to try to say it this weekend and... Uh, it's hard to know because you don't know what's funny until you get up on stage and say it and see what um, what works and what doesn't. So another friend of mine uh, is asked, do you change your act based on the audience's reaction or is what you plan what you say? It's not a bad question. So what I will say is that I have a perfect version of it written down somewhere. But I never even come close to that. I've only done it, like I said, 11 times. So I'm not that well-versed in trying to do something that I've done before again. So I'm not great with the scripted piece. So I, I have a rough outline of what I want to do. And then depending on the audience's reaction, yeah, it can actually derail me mentally because I won't be able to follow what I thought. Or sometimes if it's going well, I can ride that out. And so I lean into it a bit more. Another question here says, did you did people tell you you were funny prior to starting? That's kind of similar to the other one. Yes, I'd say people told me I was funny, but it's more like accumulating laughs over time and like convincing yourself that you've got something, some way of talking that's funny, and then figuring out what stories you can tell to make people laugh. Uh, Aaron Goldsmith asked me, what took you so long? So that's not a bad question. It took me probably five years since saying I was going to get up on stage till I actually even got up on stage. It took me till doing the Podfest speech because that was a place. To, excuse me, I got a hiccup again. I'm not editing, so whatever. Sorry for the quality. Um, Podfest in January of 2023 was my first real public speech. So it was maybe I don't know 150 to 200 people in a room, and I had to do a five minute Pichacucha speech uh, with William Hung, who was a previous guest, and some other people who um, were doing some public speaking that day. And I thought stand up comedy is probably the hardest form of stand up. I mean, sorry, the hardest form of public speaking. Uh, one of my jokes, I mentioned that Jerry Seinfeld says, no one is more judged in a civilized society than a comedian. Like every 12 seconds, you're being judged. So I think it's uh, it's the most difficult, hardest version of public speaking. That's why it appeals to me, because it's so challenging that when I have to do a regular public speech, it's cakewalk compared to doing stand-up. So, who knows? Um, another question here is what's been the most unexpected thing about stand-up comedy so far so for this one I think it would be a how quickly it goes when you when you're doing well it just blows by and then when you're doing poorly how much time crawls but either way being up on stage and having the lights in your eyes it is so blinding it is ridiculous you can barely see anything and that to me was the most surprising it was like how much light is on you. It's actually kind of insane. Um, 
so I just moved out to LA. I was in Kansas City. This is the most up to date I've ever been with a podcast update because this is today. You'll hear it later today if you listen. Uh, again, if you want to see me this weekend doing comedy uh, in the LA area, feel free to check out the Comedy Chateau. I'm going to be in the Fresh Faces group on Sunday. It's my first time getting booked for a comedy gig, so I'm excited. Back to the questions here. we got um, craziest things so far I've seen at a show. So there's this guy back in Kansas City where I started out doing comedy, and he would always do the most random stuff. He was always the first guy up, and typically people get three minutes uh, uninterrupted to do their stand-up. And so the first time I ever went to watch, the first thing he did was he had a fake penis in his pants that he pulled out and put into his mouth and then had a empty, like, knapsack bag to his right, and he pretended, he had, like, a Bluetooth speaker that played bagpipes, and he pretended to play the bagpipes on his penis, his fake penis, for three minutes straight. And it was, like, simultaneously funny for a little bit, but also the longest three minutes in a while that I've experienced. So starting out that way was pretty fun because it showed me how bad people can be but also showed me you can try all sorts of stuff and you never know what's going to land. And that same guy, Gabe, he would he would do different things. And some of the times it was more of the funnier things that I've seen. But it was always funny what kind of a risk he'd be able to take. So I've got a few what made, my, what made me choose stand-up comedy, what inspired me to get into comedy. Um, like I said, most difficult form of public speaking, but also... It's just such a weird group of people that do stand up. It's like no other weird group of people. And you've got to be like an insane person to do it, honestly. So I just think it's something funny that uh, once you get in that club, it's like a weird offshoot of society that you don't really get to see into. Um, Part of the reason I'm doing this episode is because it's been over a month since I've released one. I've got 40 or 50 recorded, but I'm just so slow with editing. Plus, I do so many different things that... I'm sorry, unfortunately I can't be as consistent as I want to be, but I'm going to try to get better at that. I've got a lot to release, but my life is a bit tumultuous right now. I've been in L.A. for about three weeks, and so I'm still figuring out what's going on with uh, with getting back into the swing of, of things. But when it comes to stand-up, I think there's a few things that I think are worth mentioning because I've only done 11, like I said, so I'm pretty early on into it, and I think I've got some insights into what it's like to do stand-up that people might not be aware of. So first, I'd say a lot of people start out doing stand-up and spend a long time, many years, uh, getting good at just their initial sets, their initial bits, um, getting comfortable on stage. It takes a long time to get to the point where you see somebody on a special and they are polished and have all their jokes and everything. It seems like it's a weird thing to not only do in terms of like getting up in front of people and pretending or thinking that you're going to make them laugh, but also even just the idea of telling the same joke over and over, carving bits and pieces of it out and, you know, shaping it into this final form that at the same time as being genuine and in the moment and funny is also well rehearsed and planned and really an old hat that this person's putting on, but making it seem like it's the first time they wore it. And so that's just a hard mix to kind of nail down when it comes to being spontaneous and in the moment, but not seeming rehearsed, since you have to be rehearsed. So that's kind of why I have more of a bullet-pointed format, when I kind of make sure I hit all the parts of the story that I want to hit, but I'm not necessarily stuck to the 
specific words. I have like my idealized version, but I think that changes every time I tell it is, is when I realize, okay, I can move this around or I can change this and whatnot. And I think, uh, if you've never written a joke for stand-up comedy, kind of the way I think about it is a wide open, so some sort of a beginning part that's going to entice everybody and make sure that they're able to follow you along that path. So if somebody uh, gets up on stage like me and says, you know, uh, have you ever had an experience where you're not in your typical element and, and you're surprised? This is a terrible setup, but you get the point. Like something wider where people might share that same experience and then you drill it down into your um, your own specific story. So then there's the setup and the premise, which, for example, could be I tell a story about getting the Heimlich maneuver. Um, so I introduce the idea of eating alone and how that's risky, which is potentially the wider area. And then I drill that down into uh, me being part of the 1%, but not the good 1%, the 1% that's received the Heimlich. And then I start telling about that story and then, You'll have a punchline, and uh, that's typically where you have the biggest laugh. And then you'll have tags, which are little add-ons after the punchline. And then I also do these things called, or I call them bridges, but it's more like figuring out how can I take that joke and then stair-step it over to a different joke that I have, maybe with a funny little in-between thing, so um, that I can take each of my jokes and structure so that I've got like a joke, a bridge, a joke, and it kind of seems like it flows more naturally rather than being you know, feeling like it's super random each story that you're telling because you want your jokes to kind of feel like it's all part of the same storytelling kind of scene rather than being separate, chunked out jokes. So I try to make sure I include that bridge piece. But it's really bizarre, and um, it, it's funny because some people tell the same jokes every single time, and then I just get sick of things pretty quickly. So I'm already sick of some of my jokes, even though I've only told them a few times. Like, I want to try some of the other ones, but this... This uh, Sunday, it's going to be my first time doing, it's anywhere from three to seven minutes, depending on how many people are there. But like I said, there's some like national headliner folks this past Sunday, and I was rolling, laughing. So I'm going to have to step up my game in order to compete with some of these folks. Um, so yeah, Benny Fitzpatrick is my stage name. That's because I want to go by uh, Benny Fitz, and I thought it'd be funny to have a, a special or a comedy show or whatever called Friends with Benny Fitz. So that'll probably work that into my opening part of my act for Sunday, and I'm working on figuring out the whole L.A. scene. But uh, back in Kansas City where I started, you could really only go up on one or two open mics a week, and they weren't that high quality. But now in, in Los Angeles, I can go to multiple a night. Uh, I've only been to one, which is when I audition for the Comedy Chateau, but I want to start doing a lot more, and uh, I'm excited for what's in store with all of it. So... This is going to be a shorter than typical Failure Guy podcast episode, uh, partially to get my IMDb updated with Benny Fitzpatrick being something I've actually been credited as, but also just to give you a little insight to where I'm at, why I've been a little bit delayed on getting out some episodes. I'm going to get back on that, and I'm also working on some new Excel training and some other things. So I've been dealing with moving. I'm now in Los Angeles, California, and uh, life is actually pretty amazing. For the Failure Guy, I'm doing okay all things considered and uh at the end of this month i'm gonna be doing dentistry's got talent which is a ridiculous thing where again william hung will be there i'm uh, competing for uh a public speaking position within dentistry part of the dentistry's got talent com competition and uh we'll be going to new orleans 
where we'll be competing. So I'm excited about that. Again, the Comedy Chateau this coming Sunday. If you're in the L.A. area, feel free to check it out. The promo code Benny, B-E-N-N-Y. That'll get you free tickets to the event. I think they're 15 or $20 otherwise. So free tickets. I think you might have to get two drinks, but you can get, I think, bottled water for 5 bucks a piece. So for $10, you have a lovely night of comedy and just be able to hang out and meet me if you want. So feel free to send me an email or say what's up. Check me out on Instagram at failureguyben. And I'm going to be uh, leaning into this a bit more, so I'm excited to see where this takes me. I'm very early on into it because you have to do lots of, of mics and lots of sets in order to get to any sort of notoriety. But I'm in the right part of the world, and I look forward to all that there is to come. So thank you for listening to this uh, shorter-than-typical Failure Guy episode, but hopefully I'll be back next week with, I believe, M- Miguel Olave. But we shall see. Depends on if I can get this Adobe Creative Cloud fixed or figure out how Audacity works. Thank you very much and see you next week.